Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days. But that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they haven't sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Welcome, everybody. Welcome on back to The Right Opinion. .podbean.com. I, of course, am your host, Harrison Bergeron. Happy to have each and every one of you aboard. I'm sure many of you are locked inside, so you don't really have a whole lot to entertain you. I, too, locked inside, so I figured I'd get some content out to you fine folks, so uh, hopefully it'll help you get through the quarantine or the self-quarantine or the lockdown, wherever you may be, however severe it may be. I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're all staying away from old people. I hope you're all washing your hands, and overall, I hope you're all just not being dicks to one another. I think at this time, it's time for all of us to put politics aside, petty beefs aside. This is not like this world-ending catastrophic virus, but the effects of it can be mitigated if we all just do our part. Don't go outside as often as you need to, as as you used to. Uh, Only go outside as often as you need to. Only go to the grocery store when you need to. Stock up while you're there. Try to avoid being within six feet of other people as hard as that may be. The less you can do that, the more likely you are to not contract or spread the virus. Uh, Wash your hands. Hand sanitizer if you can get your hands on it. Uh, Again, stay away from old people. That tends to be uh, the most sound advice. If we can can really quarantine the older folks, everything's going to be fine. The rest of us will get this thing. It'll wash over us. We're going to survive. But at the end of the day, this is one of these things I was explaining to somebody the other day. I was like, we live in a country where we have tremendous amounts of freedom, more than most, more than any virtually in in a lot of respects. But along with that freedom comes the responsibility for us to do our part in times like this. And I know I've been on here talking about how I think this is overblown and I still do. And uh, I think some of the reactions to this have been dramatic, melodramatic, and they still are. But at the end of the day, there is a threat out there to a certain portion of our population. There's a threat out there to our economy. And the sooner that we can get all this under wraps, the sooner we can all go back to resuming life as normal. That said, our media is not helping, like at all. Um, I'm going to play you a clip here in just a second. But before I do, let me get some of the plugs out of the way. This is, of course, the Right Opinion Podcast. You can find us at Right Opinion Pod on Twitter. Parlor, Minds, and Instagram. You can also find the podcast itself, therightopinion.podbean.com, or you could just search The Right Opinion on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
and maybe a few others that I'm unaware of as well. I got to check the metrics to see where exactly this thing is all landing, but uh, it is the right opinion. There are two right opinions, but there is only one correct right opinion. That would be this one. It's the logo that is black and white and red all over like uh, newspapers used to be. Anyway, check me out. Share, like, subscribe. Five-star review on iTunes, daddy, if you will. And uh, as for that, let's go ahead, get into this clip. This is from MSNBC. The woman speaking is Jennifer Rubin, who is Washington Post's supposed token conservative. We all know she's not really a conservative. A, because all you have to do is read what she says on a regular basis. It doesn't exactly align with conservatism. And B, because she works at the Washington Post, and no honest-to-God conservative would ever take a paycheck from those sons of bitches. So here's Jennifer Rubin doing what all of the media has been doing, overly politicizing this, manages to take shots at Fox News along the way, but I'm going to let her speak, and then I'm going to shut this shit down. Here's Jennifer Rubin on MSNBC telling you that a certain percentage of the population is in greater danger of dying from this coronavirus because of the news network they watch. I'm going to let her malarkey speak for itself. Um, Hashtag no malarkey. We'll get to Joe Biden once this coronavirus nonsense is all over. But Joe Biden is is an animal unto itself, an animal that is not important in these times Uh, He will be the nominee for the Democratic Party. We will handle that shit when the time comes. But until then, it's time to debunk some coronavirus nonsense. Jennifer Rubin, take it away with your fake-ass conservatism. It's a Washington Post piece that talks about the fact that older Americans are more worried about coronavirus unless they're Republican, Jennifer. That, That we now have a situation where... Trump's own people are actually in greater danger, but those of us who live in this earth can't even reach them. They're not listening to anything that any of us say, including someone like you as a former Republican. You can't reach them. No, um, and there is a particular cruelty, irony, that it is their core viewers, the Republican older viewers, as Eric said, who are the most at risk. And when you think about it, Which party immediately canceled all of their rallies? Which party immediately started um, having their political figures um, really portray and uh, use their lives as an example? It was the Democrats. So they're going to be, I hate to put it in these terms, there are going to be less Democrat deaths because of there will be less mass gatherings. There will be less uh, opportunities for people to congregate and share this horrible disease. So... It is a um, really a very short-sighted strategy. But I think now the name of the game is how do they get back on planet Earth? Right. And part of the way I think they're doing it is down the memory hole. He jumped on this right away. Right. Don't you know? Job. It was because of all that planning that we're doing so well, which is head spinning for the rest of us who yeah. watched him for weeks say this was a hoax. But this is how they do it at Fox News. Suddenly he's been the most preactive. Pretty right. active it's like president. Russia. He's been yes. the toughest on yeah, Russia. He's been the toughest on them. So yeah. they- uh, I, I've had enough of that shit. Um, so that that statement that more Fox viewers are in danger, mildly true. It ignores a lot of facts and data. Okay, so the the Fox News audience is much older. Um, that's that goes without saying. Anybody who's ever looked at the numbers and the demographics can figure that out pretty quickly. So yes. Your average Fox viewer is probably in greater danger. But the notion that Republicans are in greater danger here is it also sort of kind of ignores a lot of facts and data and demographic information that is out there. For instance, 
Um, most major cities are run by Democrats. Most major cities are populated by a large swath of Democrats. And the people in the major cities are the people that are going to be in the greatest danger just due to proximity to their fellow man. There's only so much you could do to avoid contact with other people if you live in New York, if you live in Chicago, if you live in L.A., if you live in San Francisco. And look at those places in Philadelphia, for that matter. Those are the places that are enacting the strictest and most crazy reactions to all of this. Um, we've got National Guard in the streets. We've got a full-blown lockdown in San Francisco. Um, you've got Mayor Cuomo in New York forcing prisoners to make hand sanitizer and then bragging about the efficiency of the system while he's essentially enacting slave labor to do his bidding and to poo-poo Purell for all reasons. Like, what did Purell do to you other than provide a bunch of hand sanitizer that is keeping Americans safe today? So at the end of the day, um, Republicans are not in any greater danger as a whole. The older section of the population is in greater danger and those people inherently tend to lean Republican because as you get older and you get wiser, you get to be wise to the Democratic nonsense and you tend to shift a little bit more conservative as you age. This is not, you know, controversial. It is just the facts. Also, she is still echoing this nonsense about Trump calling this thing a hoax. This has been debunked a hundred times over, even by their favorite left-wing fact-checking site, Snopes, has said that obviously he was not talking about the virus being a hoax, as he had already taken actions to prevent the spread of the virus, namely banning travel from China within 24 hours of the World Health Organization declaring this a global pandemic. So the authority on this said this could be a global pandemic, or this is a global pandemic now, and he immediately shut off all travel from China. Now, people out there are saying, we knew since December. No, we didn't know since December. As a matter of fact, China, at least the information that they were giving out to the rest of the world, they didn't even know what this was in December. Yes, they knew there was a, a virus spreading. They didn't know the severity of it. They didn't know how far it had spread. They didn't know that thousands of people had left the country with said virus. No one knew. So anybody out there telling you, we knew in December, that is a lie. Also, if we weren't going through impeachment at the time, our White House might have had a little bit more energy to focus on this. But of course, we were going through a sham impeachment, which was so important that it sat, the articles of which sat on Nancy Pelosi's desk for 33 days while Congress went ahead and took a, a little nap for a month. And, uh, and they want to bitch at Mitch McConnell for taking a weekend off. It, it's just sheer and utter dishonesty up and down. Also, Jennifer Rubin in this little shtick here that she's spitting, she says, who was the first party to shut down the rallies and to use their lives as an example? Really? Because I'm pretty sure there was a primary yesterday run in all states, and the Democrats are the only ones like, look, if the Republicans shut down the primary, it would have had no effect whatsoever on the primary because Donald Trump is going to win said primary. As a matter of fact, it looks like he is over the mark for delegates right now, so he will be short of... Uh, a catastrophic event. He will be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2020 in November. Meanwhile, the Democrats, so desperate to try to bury Bernie, are putting their voters at risk by continuing these primaries. These decisions are being made at the state level, but Tom Perez, the chair of the DNC, could just as easily shut these things down immediately, but they're not doing that. They're going to put people in danger. So yes, they shut down their rallies first, but let's face it, there's also a whole lot, not a lot of people that are being in danger at these rallies, particularly Joe Biden rallies, which could still be going on right now, even with the CDC guidelines that you shouldn't be gathering in groups of more than 10, because let's face it, there's not many more than 10 people 
ever at a Biden rally. So um, the Jennifer Rubin just completely misguided here. The demonization of Fox News, the demonization of people who don't want to listen to MSNBC, who um, have done nothing but lie to people for the last four years about this president and the actions he's taken and the actions of his administration. But now they want us to believe every word they're saying in a time of crisis. I'm sorry, you don't get that option. That's that is not for you to determine what we are to believe is credible. You are clearly not credible, nor have you really ever been, but certainly not in the last four to five years. And now you're sitting around wondering why we're not on the same earth as you. Well, that's because the earth that you reside on is, as I always like to say, in an alternate reality, the same alternate reality where Trump is a Russian agent, he, uh, where Ukrainian interference in the election never happened, where Trump removed the MLK bus from the White House, where the 25th Amendment should be enacted, where the Emoluments Clause is being violated, all of that stuff that you've continually spewed nonsensically and fact-aversely for the last several years has now come back to bite you. And while we're in a time to where we all desperately need somebody to be able to rely on to provide us accurate information, you guys are not those people nor will you ever be to any sane, rational human being ever again. And having on supposed conservative former Republican Jennifer Rubin, who I fully understand now why she writes for the Washington Post, because let's face it, a Jennifer Rubin podcast could be used as a torture device. If you've ever, if you listen to that voice for more than an hour, you would give up anything. Like I, I would confess to the to the murder of Jimmy Hoffa if I had to listen to that for much longer, and uh, that's why I had to cut it off there. But Jennifer Rubin, as usual, not in any way, shape, or form in touch with reality. Here she is saying, "Oh, the republic, these older Republicans that watch Fox News, they're in danger." No, they said they're not worried about it because they know what they need to do. They're going to stay inside. They're going to order all the food that they need to their house. They're going to stay away from people. They're going to stay away from the medically compromised. And they're going to wait this thing out because, let's face it, they're old. They ain't exactly got marathons to run. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're sitting at home watching TV anyway. This really is no break from the norm for many of them. And here we are. They're going to be just fine as long as they stay in and they stay away from people who may have the virus. Obviously, the, the issue with this virus is, is that we don't know. We don't know who has it. A lot of people who are younger, particularly very young, like the youth, uh, you know, like kids in particular, they may be asymptomatic. And now we're rolling into allergy season. So everybody's going to be kind of sick and everybody's going to be side eyeing everybody going, is that Corona cough or is that just like a, is that just an allergy cough? None of us will know. The idea is to stay away from people for a couple weeks. The government will reevaluate. We're going to do more testing. Um, along with that testing, by the way, is going to be an increase in the number of cases. And people are going to panic about that. They're going, oh my God, we're up to a million cases. Okay, a million cases would still be less than a third of 1% of our population for the record. So it's not even like a huge number. But those cases are out there already. It's a matter of testing them. Up to this point, the CDC and the NIH have determined that people who are symptomatic are the only ones who need to be tested. Now that we have a wider availability of tests as they're being produced, by the private sector, because they're far more efficient than the government will ever be. Those tests will be administered. We will see more and more cases. But as we see more and more cases, I'm not only predicting, but I'm guaranteeing that we will see a decline in the percentage of serious cases, and we will see an even sharper decline in the percentage of fatal cases. Because as we test more people, especially the people out there who kind of seem asymptomatic, who are just fine, who are going about their lives, 
You know, for all I know, I got it. I don't, I don't know because I haven't been tested, but I'm, I'm not showing any of the symptoms. Uh, I don't have any reason to believe that I would other than the fact that I was kind of out and about a little bit yesterday, mostly because I had to for work and for work-related things. So uh, I, I was out. I'm going to be out today. I'm going to go pick up my kid. I'm going to order takeout. We're going to eat in my car because there's no restaurants open up by her. But, I, you know, just because the coronavirus is out there doesn't mean I'm not spending time with my kid. Do my best not to spread any germs to her. She's been off from school. Hopefully she's not spreading any back to me. And uh, at the end of this, it's uh, it. there will be more tests. There will be more cases. But as we find out how many people exactly have this, as that number of cases increases, like I said again, the number of severe cases will decrease and the number of deaths will decrease on a percentage basis. Uh, again, people are going, well, what happens if the mortality rate goes up? Well, if we were, if people were just dropping like flies left and right, we would, we would quickly, att- you know, attest that to the coronavirus. If a bunch of old and medically compromised people were just, you know, crapping out on us, we would immediately go, oh, well, I wonder if that was the coronavirus. There's not a slew of people just magically dying all over the place. Again, that's something that people would notice. They would be tested, I'd imagine, post-mortem to the best of the ability that they could do something like that. And they would determine that that was a death that was caused by the virus. So the likelihood is, the very, the strong likelihood is, and again, I'm guaranteeing it because I'm so confident that as the numbers have gone up as far as cases, even around the world we're seeing this, as South Korea, who has been the gold standard of testing, if you want to see any numbers that really, really matter as far as a country that is doing the testing on a wide scale and bringing back as much information as possible, follow South Korea. You can go to, I think it's worldometer.info or something along those lines. Type in worldometer coronavirus into Google. It's like the first thing that pops up. They are giving you live numbers. I think it's on you know, it's coming in on, on a 24-hour basis, basically. So you're basically getting yesterday's numbers today um, or to the best that they can report them all. That is giving you the breakdown of how many cases worldwide, breaking it down by country, how many new cases today, how many new deaths today, what's the percentage of cases per million people in the country, what's the percentage of deaths per case, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's your source. That is the best source that I've found up to this point that it's giving raw data and, uh, and, and extrapolating it out in an easy enough form for most people to understand. I would suggest checking that out. I will try to drop a link in the show notes for you. But now that I've kind of gotten a lot of the, a lot of that out of the way here, there has been a lot of, as I'm sure none of you are surprised, fake news about this corona hoax, the China coronavirus. And it is, for the record, a China coronavirus, the Wu flu, um, everybody was Kung flu fighting. It is a China virus, and it is not racist or xenophobic to say that it is. People are freaking out. Oh, this is a racist thing. No. What is happening here? And people, look, those of you with brains, I, I apologize for having to reiterate this to people, but there is a difference between policy and rhetoric. And while usually rhetoric should line up with policy, there are times where the two things have to kind of stand on their own. Policy, we are handling it. We cut travel. We're getting tests out. Vaccinations are in phase one of testing. Uh, We are doing everything we can to quarantine people. The supply chains remain open. America has still been one of the least hard-hit major countries in the world by this, and that is in large part to the actions taken by the administration. That said, 
our media has completely lost its fucking minds, and they're claiming, and wasting airtime for that matter, claiming that saying things like, this is a Wuhan virus, or this is a China virus, is racist. A, who really cares at this point in time, even if that were the case, that's a battle to fight when we don't have a global pandemic on our hands. B, um, Ebola is named for the region that it came out of, Zika is named from the region that it came out of, Spanish flu, West Nile virus, none of those things were racist. They're just simply ways of, det- of, of differentiating one virus from another based on where they actually originated. MERS, another one, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, it's another way of labeling it. Coronavirus is really a type of virus more than it is a specific virus. That's why you see COVID-19. This is one of the many coronaviruses. This one happens to be more lethal than most, more contagious than most. And with all of that, it's still not going to be the end times. Everybody calm down and stop hoarding toilet paper. Speaking of which, you know what? I got to rant on the toilet paper a little bit. I know everybody and their mother is ranting about toilet paper. Toilet paper, I mean, not for nothing. In an extreme emergency, I could find a myriad of ways to clean my ass that don't involve toilet paper. Paper towels, napkins, tissue paper, Hillary Clinton's book, um, any number of things that I could find to, to clean my ass and then follow with a shower if I'm not entirely confident that the initial method did the job, but let's put this into some perspective here. In order to wipe your ass, you need to shit, yes, and in order to shit, you need to eat, yes, okay, so you're following me here. Maybe start with the food and then worry about the cleanup on the other end, so to speak. Just throwing it out there. Toilet paper. Of all the things that people were hoarding, I mean, look, I guess is it a bad thing to hoard? No, because even if this is all the big, you know, not a big deal at the end of the day, toilet paper doesn't go bad. You'll have it. But hey, how about, you know, sharing a little love for your fellow man and allowing everybody to have a nice clean asshole while we are dealing with a global pandemic, while we're all shutting our homes. No one wants to be sitting around smelling each other's stink because they don't have properly wiped asses here. Good God, people, have some freaking sympathy for your fellow man. But again, there is no shortage of things you can wipe your ass with should you need to. I would strongly suggest going and getting food first, canned foods, frozen foods, bottles of water if you're not comfortable drinking the tap water where you are. Get the essentials first. Worry about the toilet paper later. That's just me. Anyway, so there has been a lot of fake news around the uh, China virus. And it is. It is a China virus. But I am going to go ahead and pull up some articles here, and we are going to go through all of the nonsense that has been spewed by our media. And believe me, there is a lot of it. So we have Jennifer Rubin already touched on that. I'm going to go into Dr. Drew is going to talk about a little bit of what's really going on here in a little bit. But um, the idea, and there have been many out there, that Donald Trump has somehow closed down or disbanded the pandemic response team laughably and verifiably false as weirdly enough debunked by the Washington Post I know this is like we you know what hats off to some of the fake news some of them are coming around in this time of crisis and realizing that it is more important to tell people the truth than it is to push their agenda I wish that they held this belief all the time but you know hats off to them for finally lifting the veil 
at least in this particular time. Don't worry. As soon as this virus blows over, they'll be right back to lying to you directly to your face. But Tim Morrison, who was a witness in the impeachment trial, was a GOP witness. I initially thought he was a Democrat witness. I'd put a tweet out. That tweet has since been pulled. But Tim Morrison was in the room when the decision was made to not disband the pandemic response team, but rather to combine it with two other similar directorates. Basically, what was happening is that the National Security Council had way too many people in the mix there. Even the Obama administration, who populated most of it with all of these extra unnecessary people and directorates, even they admitted as much on their way out the door. But Tim Morrison was in the room when the decisions were made, and they decided to, rather than disband the pandemic response team, they combined it with two other similar directorates that were doing other similar things. Now, as opposed to having three different groups of people all kind of doing the same work, now they're all combined together doing the same work. So it's easier for information to flow back and forth, for ideas to be uh, expressed and expounded upon. And as a result, we are actually better prepared now than we were before. Another big thing that's been going around is the notion that the CDC funding was cut. Now, I think I talked about this last episode or the last episode I did before my interview with Robert Patrick Lewis, which you should check out if you haven't done so. We talk about a wide variety of stuff, none of which has to do with coronavirus. So if you're looking to escape coronavirus, and I know you probably wouldn't be listening to this right now if you were in that boat, but nevertheless, if you are at some point in the not-too-distant future looking for non-coronavirus-related politics entertainment, check out my interview with Robert Patrick Lewis, and it was a, it was a doozy. You guys will enjoy it. But the CDC funding was not cut. As a matter of fact, the budget is now higher than it was under the, pro- the last two years of the Obama administration. Yes, the initial budget that was proposed by the White House did have funding cut for the CDC. The Senate and the Congress, or I guess the Congress, to their credit, asked for that money to be increased and the president ultimately signed the bill. So Donald Trump signed a bill, signed a budget rather, that increased the funding for the CDC. Undisputed, point blank, period. Feel free to try to debunk that one, Jennifer Rubin, and your bullshit second earth that you live on. Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff going around. Like I said, you've got you've got all of these notions. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. He knew in December. He's sitting around doing nothing. He's playing golf while the rest of us are suffering. No, no, that's, that's Andrew Cuomo. That's Governor Cuomo up in New York telling people you can't go to gyms and then going to the gym and then making the excuse that, oh, well, you know, I need to keep myself healthy in order to be able to do all the things that I need to do to keep you healthy. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, while he's doing, while he's keeping himself healthy so that he can keep the rest of you healthy, that includes, by the way, quarantines, national guards, all sorts of, I don't know, dare I say, authoritarian steps that are being taken in order to try to quelch the coronavirus spread. I don't doubt for a second that he is actually trying to stop the spread of the disease. Obviously, he's taking action. My issue is, is that he's a commie. He sees an opportunity to seize power, and he's licking his lips at the opportunity to bring in the National Guard and to quarantine the biggest, most busy city in the world, not the biggest, but the the baddest, most busy city in the world, uh, New York City. He cannot wait to lock this bitch down and declare himself emperor because, again, he's able to go to the gym but you guys 
No, no, not you simpletons, you peons, you peasants, you serfs. You are not allowed to go to the gym. Only Governor Cuomo is allowed to go to the gym, and that's when he's not on CNBC arguing with his brother about who is mom's favorite. No, no, really. That's a thing that happened. Let's go ahead and go to the tape. Uh, Curfew. I don't like the word curfew. Dad tried to have a curfew for me. I never got past the resentment. But uh, I do believe you'll see more tightening if the the numbers don't slow. Your problems with the curfew. It's the least of your problems. Just so you know. I never fight. You violated the curfew all the time. Caused much pain. But that's a different story. I don't believe in rules. Governor Andrew Cuomo, I appreciate yeah. you coming on the you show. I love you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I know you're working hard for your state, but no matter how hard you're working, there's always time to call mom. She wants to hear from you. Just so you know. Yeah, I called mom. I called mom just before I came on the show. It's not what By she the said. way, she said I was her favorite. She never said Good that. news is she said you were her second favorite. Second favorite son, no. Christopher. We both know Neither of us are mom's first or second favorite in the family. I can't believe you're lying to my audience. You've blown the credibility of the entire interview. I should have ended it before. Second favorite son. I can handle things. I'm smart. I I may have added that part in at the end there, but good old Fredo losing a battle to his brother. These two fucking mama's boys have nothing better to do than to argue about who's mommy's favorite. Meanwhile, the rest of you locked inside forced to watch these assholes. Oh, no, wait, you're not forced to watch these assholes, unless, of course, you've been locked inside an airport or a gym, which, to my knowledge, gyms have been shut down most places, and airports will be following soon enough. Anyway, let's get to a rational opinion about all this. I know I'm going to say the words, you're all going to roll your eyes and be like, that guy from MTV? Yes. Dr. Drew Pinsky, he has some things to say about the reaction to the coronavirus, and I encourage you all to listen to this, it's long. I'm going to try and cut it down when I think he's made his point. But uh, Dr. Drew, on a nice rant about why, you know, what he's seeing and why he thinks everybody needs to calm the fuck down. Dr. Drew, take it away, sir. I don't claim to know what's motivating the media, but my God, their reporting is absolutely reprehensible. They should be ashamed of themselves. They are creating a panic that is far worse than the viral outbreak. The, the bottom line, everybody, is listen to Anthony Fauci at the CDC, do what he tells you, and go about your business. That's the story. There's not one doctor I've spoken to that disagrees with me. Not one. I, I ran into an agreement with Dr. Oz last night. He was saying the same thing. We're all telling you the same thing. Stop listening to journalists. They don't know what they're talking about. Listen to the CDC. Listen to Anthony Fauci. And do not listen to anybody else. This is the job of those people. They are highly trained professionals. They know what they're doing. Just follow their direction. You know, I saw CNN reporters this morning talking to an infectious disease doctor from from, uh, Vanderbilt, a very fine infectious disease doctor. But I wanted to scream at him, tell these people to stop. Tell the press to stop. They went, oh, my God, what about the testing? we, We don't have testing. And the doctor just simply calmly went, no, no, we have private and public testing. We're rolling it out. We have it. We have the same as other countries. Oh, but we don't. We don't. Shut up. We do. And by the way, you don't test people willy-nilly. The way medical tests are done is you, you have criteria for the test. Doctors determine that criteria. You apply the test. Testing randomly is called a screening test. That's no longer a diagnostic test. You do diagnostic tests when the index of suspicion of the illness is high. There, otherwise, you don't test. If you have an index of suspicion that is moderate, you tell people to stay home. That's it. 
It's awful that people get sick. I mean, I know. I got H1N1. It sucked. I treated people with it. It was awful. And we have another awful virus circulating around now. And by the way, if you combine corona and influenza this year, it's still just a moderate flu season. It's not even a severe flu season. See, everybody, calm down. Take it seriously. Stay away from old people. Don't go out as often as you'd like. Wash your hands. Don't be a dick. I think that's really the big message here. Dr. Drew taking uh, the media's catastrophizing of this whole thing down several notches. He's a medical professional. He had H1N1. He treated people with H1N1. As he talked about, he knows far more about this than any talking head on any network, including Fox, including the alternate media, will ever know. Listen to him. And, and for that matter, listen to the people he said to listen to. Listen to the CDC. Listen to Dr. Fauci. You all have Twitter accounts. Follow CDC at CDCGov or whatever it is. Follow their updates. Keep apprised. Set your notifications while this is going on. And that way you have the up-to-date information coming from the source itself that really matters. But thank you, Dr. Drew, for speaking some truth to power on all this. Speaking of truth, that just so happens to be something that Joe Biden wouldn't know if it walked up to him and, uh, and tried to cut him with a rusty knife like his buddy Corn Pop. So Biden was making the claim during the debate the other night that Donald Trump and the White House administration turned down tests that were coming in from the WHO, the World Health Organization. He was asked about this, and Biden's response was as follows, and I quote, No, look, the World Health Organization offered offered the testing kits that they have available and to give to us now. We refused them. We did not want to buy them. We did not want to get them from them. We wanted to make sure we had our own, Biden continued. I think Trump said something like, we have the best scientists in America, or something to that effect. Now I'm reading, uh, and that's the end of that quote here. I'm reading from uh, an article from The Blaze that goes on after that quote to say, when PolitiFact, you know, super left-leaning PolitiFact, they're the supposed fact-checkers out there, um, when PolitiFact reached out to the Biden campaign on the claim the fact-checker says the campaign pointed to a story published during earlier this month in Politico, another left-leaning outlet which said that the U.S. wasn't among the 60 countries to which the World Health Organization had sent tests by the end of February. And now I will read to you from the quote provided from said Politico article, and I quote, why the United States declined to use the WHO test even temporarily as a bridge until the CDC could produce its own test remains a perplexing question, and the key to the Trump administration's failures to provide enough tests to identify the coronavirus infections before they could be passed on, according to Politico interviews with dozens of viral disease experts, former disease officials, and some officials within the administration's health agencies, end quote. And then the Blaze article continues on, however, PolitiFact wrote in a post Monday that the countries helped by the WHO were ones that lacked the same kind of virology lab capabilities that the United States has, and cited work done by the Pan-American Health Organization as an example. And here's what the PolitiFact article had to say about that Pan-American Health Organization. And I quote, The group is WHO's arm in the Americas. It conducted training and sent materials to conduct tests to 29 nations. The list include Paraguay, Bolivia, Argentina, Chile, Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and many others. The group said it focused most of its efforts on countries 
with the weakest health systems. It goes on to say no discussions occurred between WHO and CDC about WHO providing COVID-19 tests to the United States, said WHO spokeswoman Margaret Harris. This is consistent with experience since the United States does not ordinarily rely on WHO for regions or diagnostic tests because of sufficient domestic capacity, end quote. So there you have it. Plenty of uh, facts, supposed facts that are circulating out there. The CDC funding was cut. The pandemic response team was fired. And the World Health Organization provided us tests or offered to provide us tests. And we turned them down. None of those things are true. There was another thing that was uh, that was circulating, however, uh, was that the idea that Donald Trump had offered a billion dollars to a German, uh, I guess, biotech lab that's working on a vaccine, and he wanted to get exclusive rights to this vaccine on behalf of the American people. And for some reason, American people had a problem with this. Um, I think this is sort of crazy. The guy has always, always stated he's going to put America first. I'm not the president of the world. I'm the president of the United States of America. He said this like all the time. His immigration policy, his foreign policy, all of these things have pointed to him being America first. So if that's such a bad thing, honestly, somebody's going to have to explain to me why. Yeah, people in Germany, people in other parts of the world are going to have to figure their shit out. But at the end of the day, he's doing what he needs to do which is protect the American people. Now, it turned out that story wasn't true, but if it were, I'm still not mad at him. As a matter of fact, I would applaud him for just that. Also, President Trump's been frequently in front of the microphone in in the press room over at the White House because he's got a lot of information to share. He's got Dr. Fauci. He's got Dr. Burke, I believe her name is, who is also one of the heads of this task force that he's operating there. They need to get out there. They need to share the information. Trump's been very apolitical, and in the most recent press conferences that I've seen, the only jabs he's really thrown at anybody was China, and rightfully so, that caused all this. And by the way, sent a tweet out about this today. When this all settles down, the world's governments need to band together, not formally under one umbrella government, never ever, but they need to get together and they need to take the strongest conceivable legal action against China who should be paying for all of the world's relief efforts as a result of this. Maybe if they get slapped on the wrist hard enough here, they'll stop making fucking viruses in their country and accidentally spreading them to the world, accidentally, I in quotes, every other year, which seems to be the case. Stop eating weird shit. Stop putting your bat cages on top of your pig cages. Stop deep frying snakes live snakes in a walk, stop concocting these viruses, stop hiding your flaws and your malfeasance in relation to these types of things, and this could have all been avoided. They should be paying every dime of the relief that all of the countries around the world need to dump into their own economies in order to keep afloat because one Winnie the Pooh-looking dictator can't admit his faults, can't admit the faults of his country, And let's face it, this is not the average, everyday Chinese citizen. Most of them are, I'm sure, decent people that unfortunately live under a communist dictatorship. And they are as affected, if not more affected, than all of us by this. Because let's face it, like 75 million of them were welded into their goddamn apartments. Like, that that is the kind of stuff that we never want to see here. That, yeah, 
probably would stop the spread of the virus, but we live in a free society. And let's also face it, if Donald Trump started welding people in their apartments, they would be calling for his head. And rightfully so. That is not the type of nation that we are, along with our freedoms, does also come a little bit of danger, and it's up to you to utilize your freedom in the best interest of you and your family, and then let's also take into consideration everybody else and their families. So um, a lot of a lot of news been debunked here today. I hope you guys have enjoyed. I, it, this has been a less formal episode for me. I'm kind of ranting right now. I'm a little stir-crazy, as I'm sure many of you are. I'm available on Twitter, at RightOpinionPod. If you have any questions, your comments, concerns, if you have anything that's going on near you related to this virus that you think people need to know about, I implore you, slide into my DMs, tweet me directly, email the show. You could do that as well at therightopinionpod at gmail.com. That's therightopinionpod at gmail.com. Check me out. Hit me up. Stay in touch. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stop watching the goddamn mainstream media. Corona TDS is far more dangerous than the coronavirus. And I encourage you guys to check out my Twitter feed as I'm getting new information. That's where I'm putting it up, at Right Opinion Pod. Same goes for my other outlets, although I'm most frequently uh, available on Twitter. But you can check me out on Parler, check me out on Minds, check me out on Instagram and Twitter again, at Right Opinion Pod. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this fine podcast right here on the therightopinion.podbean.com. And I thank you guys all so much. Stay safe. As I'm more bored, I will probably be doing more episodes, so be sure to subscribe to my feed specifically, therightopinion.podbean.com. But we are also available on ratsaladreview.com and hackerhameen.podbean.com. It's the Hameen Media Group. You just search Hacker Hameen on pretty much any podcast catcher and you will find us there. So thank you again. I've been your host, Harrison Bergeron, and I feel it's important to tell you in these trying times that opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, but this asshole, he's got the right opinion. Right here on The Right Opinion, I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.